Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Amen. Turn, my name is Hagen, so turn to Mark 11. It says in the first verse, as the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent a couple of the guys out to go get him a donkey to ride on into town. He rode into town on it. They praised God singing, you know, saying, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, and Hosanna, you know. And so then... They get into the town, Hosanna in the highest. And, he, and so Jesus went in Jerusalem, verse 11, and into the temple. So he looked around at all the things. The hour was late. He went out to Bethany with the 12. Now, what you need to know is, according to all the chronological reports and historical reports and putting everything together, is that Jesus never spent the night inside the city of Jerusalem. He would always go out to Bethany to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. That was his friends. And you go out of the city, the, the gate, the eastern gate's walled up now, but you go out of the city of Jerusalem by the temple, down through the, through the eastern gate, down through the Valley of Kidron, up across the edge of the Mount of Olives by the Bethpage, and then down to Bethany there on the other side of, the, of, of uh, Mount of Olives there. And so there he was. So the next day, verse 12, the next day, when they'd come out of Bethany, he was hungry. He saw a fig tree and having leaves. And he and see, if it had leaves, it said, I have fruit. There's a lot of Christians that got leaves, but they ain't got no fruit. But that's another, that's another, that's another, that's another sermon. Okay, I won't preach that one. And so then he 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 sort of got upset because it didn't have any figs on it. And so he said, Okay. Nobody's going to eat fruit from you ever again. You, you, you said you had fruit, but you don't have any, so nobody's going to eat any fruit from you. And his disciples heard it. So now they went on in Jerusalem. He went into the temple again, and there he, he talked about his house, that God's house should be a place of prayer and so forth, and the heard it, and they were all astonished. When the evening was come, he went out of the city. Now he went back by that same tree. Now, in verse 20, the next morning, he came out and came back the same route. And there, Peter said, look at that fig tree. It's dried up from the roots that you you Christian weathered away. And 22, and Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. And then he explains the God kind of faith. For surely I say, whoever says that mountain be removed, be the cast in his seed, shall not down his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. All right. Now, everybody, here, Strong says, mountain here, what Jesus is talking about is a figuratively term, term referring to problems, situations, hardships, impossibilities. So I'm talking about speak to your mountain. And when I'm talking about a mountain, I'm talking about all of those things that we deal with every day. You know, mountains are inevitable. We all deal with them. Every one of us deals with mountains. 
Now you have heard Dan talk about speaking and saying. He, you've heard him say you got to do as much saying as you did believing. How many ever heard him say that? I'm going to take you on a journey of my life with dad. And I'm going to get, I want you to see how that we got to where we were and we did it by saying it. Now he didn't go into all these details and I'm going to go into that. I'm going to sit down and teach. Is that all right? I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> but I'm very biblical because you read in the Bible, it says that Jesus sat down and talked to people. So it's very biblical for a preacher to sit down. Jesus did. So if Jesus did, then we can, right? <laughs> okay. I am in the middle of my third grade year in, high, in, in school. Dad pastors a church in Van, Texas. And if you'll remember, there in about 47, Oral Roberts started preaching, and there's several others. And they, they called it, from 47 to 58, they called it the healing revival era. I lived that era. I knew every one of those guys. Yeah, there's not a one of them you can name that I don't know personally. I knew them, been in their meetings. My dad was a part of that because he left that church in 49 and went out and never pastored again. Now, we left that, we left that parsonage and we moved into a little motel room like an efficiency apartment and in Gladewater, Texas. And the reason we moved there is because Mama and Papa Goodwin pastored the church and this little motel was about 100 yards from the parsonage. And some of you Rhema people have heard uh, Dad talk about Mama and Papa Goodwin and some of you may be mature enough that they even you even heard them speak at the school. I don't know whether any of you did or not. So... We moved in there. This little old place, probably not too much bigger than this, not as big as this stage. You walk in the door, there's a couch. One of those kind, not a hide-a-bed couch, but one of those kind where you lift it up and it clicks and then it folds down and, and it sort of makes a bed and it's really not a real bed. How many, uh, how many mature people in there know what I'm talking about? See, we got a bunch. We got a bunch of young people. They don't know nothing about it. The Bible says, "Let him as ignorant be ignorant still." <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. And so we walk in there, and there's there's just an, the couch and a chair, and then a little half wall, and there there's a table in front of that half wall. Behind that half wall is is where is a U-shaped kitchen. There's a door going outside there at the back, and then there's a door going into a bathroom. As you come in that front door, if you turn, there's a door right here going into a bedroom, and uh, there, you could only walk around the bed on one side because the room was so small, the bed was against the wall on the other side. All right, my, my, my sister and my cousin, Ruth, and my sister cousin, I call her, and some of y'all have heard dad talk about it when she, about Ruth, that she came to live with us when she was 16. It was his, my aunt, his sister's oldest girl. And so, and Ruth and I, I guess we're the only, Ruth, myself, 
and my sister, the only three, those of the three, of, uh, there's about, there was 10 cousins and we all was in a, about a 20 year period. So we all about 10 years apart. Now, uh, Charles Terry, he and, and Jerry Othey are still alive. The rest of them are all gone. Well, I guess uh, Sonny's still alive too, but he, he wasn't around very much. That was Uncle Dub's son. Now, so they got the, they got that. Mother's got the bed. So yours truly, I got a rollaway bed. And for you young people don't know what a rollaway bed is, it's, it's not very long and it's not very wide. And, and it's got four, four deals on it here and it folds up four wheels and it folds up like this. And it got it. And so that's just wide enough that I can fold it down and crawl in from this end because it's, it's against the cabinet here and against the cabinet here and against the sink on this end. And now, so there's my bed. Now, then we were there and then we moved from there after after school was out in May, we, in June, we moved to Garland, Texas to 821 Avenue A, Caddy Corner across the street from Central Elementary School where I started my fourth grade. Now, it, it was a little bigger. We had a living room, a middle room, which was a bedroom and a kitchen and a screened in, little screened in porch. Guess where yours truly puts his rollaway bed when it's warm when it's otherwise I go in the kitchen now there we are and he's out and that that in September 1950 the Lord gave him that vision said go teach my people faith now here we are and we had no problem getting healed because he walked off a bed affliction with Mark 11 23 saying it so now here we are we're we're we we got hardly any money. We have red beans one day and navy beans, or there's a little small white bean. I call them navy beans and cornbread. That was our. That was what we ate every day. On Sunday, we did get a roast with potatoes, gravy, and carrots. Sometimes the cornbread was hot water cornbread. You say, well, what is that? Well, that's where you take the meal with hot water and you mix it up make a little uh, little long roll about that about that long about that big round drop it in hot grease and it fries and then that's your cornbread I call it hot water cornbread I don't know what y'all call it (laughs) and we have no money for sis or I or any for us to do any extracurricular activities at school or nothing September I get Five pair of jeans, five shirts, five pair of underwear, five pair of socks, and one pair of shoes. And that's it. And I wore that I wear them from September to May. And when I come home, I take those off because that's my good clothes, and I put on those clothes and I'm growing, and now I got, you know, pants that are up here, you know, above your ankles. And now here we are. And we did get to, only, uh, we got to move to another house. And the reason is because Brother Wood, mom and dad, they passed the first assembly there in Garland. And uh, <clears throat> so, uh, and her mom and dad passed her Southside assembly in the same town. But I went there because mom and dad were real good friends with Brother and Sister Wood. 
And uh, so he, he had owned these houses. And so, and he'd made it, this house was like one of them old houses. And they just went down through the middle and shut those doors up, had a porch all the way around it. And they had three rooms on this side and three rooms on this side and made a deal out of it. Well, the, he had another house that we moved to by, well, I was in the seventh grade when we moved there. And man, I mean, we're struggling. I mean, dad had, dad had, uh, so he had actually sold a car for junk and was hitchhiking and riding a bus and preaching faith. And say, y'all, y'all don't know all this. He didn't tell all these stories. Like he told other stories, but he didn't tell these. And so, man, I mean, I'm getting, I'm I'm seventh grade by now. And so, hey, I'm starting to not like what's going on. And uh, so uh, here we are, struggling. And Lynette will tell you, people were saying that preacher, he don't even take care of his family and what. And actually, when we got over at over to, to uh, 1124 Walnut, well, Brother Wood had got him a new car and so he practically gave that car to a car that forty nine Oldsmobile that he had had. He he gave it. He'd got him a what a fifty one, I think. And he he practically gave that car to Dad so he'd have a car. So now here we are, <coughs> and of course getting healed, no problem. But we're struggling, bad. And I'm starting to get some bad attitudes. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm approaching teenage years, and and uh, I can't do anything, can't go anywhere, can't. I've got no money, do nothing. I mean, we're barely we're barely living, and so <laughs> Dad would he would he would start a meeting on a Sunday night, and he would he would close on a Sunday night, and then he would and then he would drive and start another meeting on a Wednesday night, and go through to couple of weeks sometimes three close on a Sunday night and go and start again on a on a Wednesday night and many of those times he would drive hours on in just to come by the house and eat a meal with us and then leave and he'd be gone if you put all the all of it together it, now during the summer we did get to travel with him during the summer Thank God for that, because you know the churches would usually feed you pretty good. <laughs> but uh, if you, from September to May, if you put all of it together, he you might average of him, he he'd be there maybe fourteen days out of those from September to May, and one of those would be Christmas week. He would always take off Christmas week. Now, so I come home from school one day. I was seventh grade, rode my bike, and I pulled in, and I saw the car there. I mean, I mean, it's what four o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, "What in the world's Dad doing here? He's supposed to be somewhere preaching." And uh, so, of course, I was glad to see him, you know, and talk to him. And so, uh, we all, Mama fixed our, you know, our beans and our cornbread, and we sat down, and we sat there. And Ruth had been married, gotten married by then, and so now it's just us four. And we're sitting there, and he said, all right, family. He said, I have been praying about this because 
our financial situation is bad and the Lord showed me that we've got to say it for our finances just the way we do for our healing. So he said, this is what we're going to do. This is how much we need this week. When I start this meeting on Sunday night, I'm going to start a meeting. And he said, this week we need this amount of money. Now we're going to all agree right here, right now. We're going to say this week in the offering, we're going to get this amount of money. Every time you think about it, you say it. And he said, back then we didn't call. How many of you remember when you didn't do a long distance phone call until after six o'clock and then you had to, it had to really be something you needed to do. How many remember that? You know, these kids don't know nothing about them days, do they? <laughs> so they would write. And so he said, I'm going to write your mother. I'll, if I'm in another time zone, I'll tell you the time zone. And at that time I will be in the church and y'all, wherever you're at, you just say it at that time you say, that we're going to get this amount of money. So we started saying it. Well, uh, things started to change. We started, some finances started coming in. And we, you know, man, this, this is great. So now an opportunity to rent a house comes in to, to, to effect. And it was where my mother would go and get her hair done and Dad always, he always managed to have a little, he, I don't know, he'd get a, people hand him a dollar bill or something, he'd put it back so mother could go get her hair done. He always wanted, took care of mom. And uh, so uh, he, uh, she, they, that, they, they had, their beauty shop was in their house, in the room there in the house, and they were going to move out and go into a, commercial building and now they're going to rent the house out so uh, he said we'll find out how much so now when we're saying we need this amount of money this week to live on but now we, we're saying we're, we're going to get this amount of money so we can rent the house we started saying it saying it I want you to get a hold of the saying part okay the saying part now there's the house they put it up there if you look you'll see that there's a door going straight in off of that front porch. That was that I got a room. And I put that rollaway bed in there. That's all I had. The rest of them had bedrooms. They had a bedroom suit, but I didn't. And then if you look to as you, that one door going there and another door that went in the living room. Well, that door was where her her deal is. If you look down that gra- gravel driveway, you'll see that that first window there. And then that gravel driveway was just, uh, you know, wide enough for the car. And then there was about three feet. And Chunky Mooney, my ba- my buddy, we grew up together. Y'all have heard me, you Rama people, heard me talk about Chunk. We grew up together. And so he, I'd raise my window. He raised his window. We'd lay there, you know, and when it was warm, we'd talk to one another. And we moved in that house, I guess I was, it was eighth grade. We moved in that house. And uh, so... Uh, I told I told Dad, I said, well, hey, everybody else has got a bedroom suit but me. And he said, well, you know how to get it, don't you? And so I start, I told I told Chunky that night. I said, Chunky, I'm going to get a bedroom suit. He said, when? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to get one. I tell all my buddies, I'm getting a bed because they'd seen, you know, they'd been to the house. I said, I have that rollaway bed. That's where I was. 
Well, you know, I kept saying it, and I kept saying I'd tell I'd I'd anybody that would listen, you know, um, I'd tell them, you know. Well, we went up to we went up to Sherman, Texas, to to my mom's brother's house, and uh, he Uncle Guy, her brother. There was only two of them, and uh, some of you Rainbow some of you Rainbow students will remember he used to live in that that trailer house right next to the uh, to the maintenance garage down there. Uncle Guy would live there. I think Billy's shaking his head. I think, do you know Uncle Guy? <laughs> you saw him a couple of times. And so his wife, he came out, when he came out of World War II, his wife had had, had uh, divorced him and left him. And so I, he, he came and stayed with us uh, some of the times, but then he had remarried this lady and she had had a, she had a boy and by this time he had graduated from high school and joined the Air Force. In fact, Charles made a career out of the Air Force. And so we were up there and she said, Hey, Kathleen, see that bedroom suit in there? Said those twin beds. Said they'll, they, you can either bunk them or twin them and, and make twin beds out of them. And it's got a, there's a dresser and a mirror. Said Charles is gone. I don't need them. And he, he said he wasn't ever coming back. He's going to stay in the Air Force. So uh, if you want them, you can have them. Boy, I was so proud of those things, and I took them and I put them up in there. I still have those; they're in storage right now at, at Raymond. I still they were they were hand carved solid oak, and in fact, Craig used them from the time he was three until he was in the eighth grade. He used those; that was his bedroom suit. But uh, you know, I said it now. Then we, then, then dad said, he said, you know what? We need to buy this house. So he, he had mother asked them and they said, no, we don't want to sell it. He said, no, they just don't know it yet. They do. <laughs> now we walked around that property of that house and we, we started saying, we're going to buy this house in the name of Jesus. We're going to buy this house. And we did, we got that house. Actually, we started saying how much. They, they, when they finally said they were going to sell it, yeah, they decided to sell it because they was going to buy them a house out in the William New Edition. We're going up. They bought them a house out there, and so we they they needed to sell that one, and so uh, we 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 were able to get it. But the the down payment was a thousand dollars, and so we besides saying it for the finances every week, we still saying it for our finances. And I'll tell you how, how we'd say in that, and I, I got a little ahead of myself. I, Dad come in one day, and and he we and he, uh, he he went up to Highland Grocery, took me with him, and he 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 said, "Son, come on, go with me." And so and he, I said, "Well, what are we doing?" He said, "I'm gonna get some steaks." I said, "What?" I said, <laughs> "I never had a steak in my life. I'm eighth grade now." And uh, so he got T-bone steaks, and he he'd been some preacher, and they had grilled steaks under, broiled them in the. They didn't have we didn't have the charcoalers back then. They just broiled them underneath the in the oven. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ever broiled steak like that? Man, that's a that first steak I ever had in my life. It was really good, and I still like I still like ribeye steak. <laughs> Don't I, hunt? <laughs> I I'd go to steak. <laughs> every day I guess but anyway so uh, now we decide we're going to buy the, and so we started saying it we're saying it every day I'd say it I don't know I said it a bunch of times every day 
Thank you, Lord. We say we're getting $1,000 for the down payment. Well, Brother and Sister Wood had moved down to Port Arthur, Texas, and he pastored a church down there. And Dad was down there holding a meeting, and I knew he was coming home, so he drove in that Saturday night. He got in late, and I was outside and messing around. I don't know. I think I was getting ready to mow the yard or something. Anyway, I, uh, he, he, he opened my door and hollered and pitched me the key. He said, son, give him a briefcase. So I did, and I put it in there. And he said, he opened it up. And he said, and he said, see that envelope? Take whatever's in it out. So I pulled it out, and I looked. I knew it was money. But his $100 bills, I'd never, I'd never even seen it. I'd never even had a 20 in my hand, much less a 100. And I counted them out. There's 10 of them. He said, he said, a lady came up to me last night. I was fixing to leave the church. And she said, the Lord said, you're going to buy a house, and you need $1,000 for the down payment here. Wow. Now, we just said it. Now, let me tell you what, we've been saying that for months. I want, I want you to realize something. This, some of this stuff we said for months, this is over a period of time. You remember, I'm going back to 49. Now we're all the way into my eighth grade. So I don't know what, 53, I guess it was. Or, yeah, I think it was 53. Well, praise the Lord. You know, things are really looking up, man. We got a little money and we can do some stuff and I'm getting to go and do things that, with the, with school activities and everything. Praise God, man. Thanks. It's really looking up. So now dad started, he had that 49 Oldsmobile and it's 53 and it, he had run the wheels off that thing. And I don't know, it had, I don't know how many hundred thousand miles it had on it. But anyway, he, he, he went over, he was over preaching in Fort Worth at Brother Bronze, and most you, some of you Raymond guys heard him talk about Brother Bond. That's the that's the man that kept giving him his, his insulin shot and saying, "Remember him, him giving that testimony." Well, he is over, and he came home. I knew he was coming home that night and after church, and so on Friday night, and so I got up and I was piddling around doing something. I went out and I went outside, and there was a brand new. 53 Oldsmobile, 98 Oldsmobile sitting there. there. And I, wow, I said, I said, something must have happened to that old car and somebody loaned him that car. That's what I thought anyway. And so when, he, so he got up because he'd gotten in late, you know, and he got up and I said, and I said, dad, whose car? He said, that's my new car. And, and cause he had been saying that he's going to get a new car. He'd been saying it. Now, I, you know, he'd tell, he'd told me a couple of times, but he'd say it. And so, uh, I said, well, what? He said, well, one of the men in the church has the Oldsmobile dealership and he saw that car I was driving and he, 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 he gave me more, he, he gave me more money than it's worth. Cause he said, he's going to have to just sell it for junk. <laughs> That's how bad the car was as that was 1953. And that was his first new car. And from that day to the day he went home to be at the Lord, if he wanted a new car, he had one. Uh, I, I can vouch for that. But he got it by saying it. Now, we, we, in, in, uh, we, my ninth grade year, by this time he had got, we had come up enough. Man, we got, we'd got, uh, we got a, in 54, we got a house trailer. And, Sis and I, he picked us up. He that was hooked onto that, that 53 old mobile. 
He picked us up in May at Garland Junior High School, and we drove to California, and we took took correspondence school. I guess you'd call it a homeschool now. I don't know. My my sophomore year in high school, we traveled all over the state of California. And uh, then we... And he, so he started saying, man, we, we need a pickup to pull this trailer with. And so we started agreeing with it, you know, saying, we're going to get a pickup. I never will forget it. Got a 55 Chevrolet, three-quarter ton, four on the floor, you know, with the grandma gear, you know. And by that time, I'm, I'm, I had turned, I had, while we were in California, I turned 16. And so now I'm having to drive, but I don't have... <laughs> shouldn't have done it but mama couldn't drive my sister didn't drive and i did daddy taught me to drive my grandpa's 1939 ford when i was 12 because when grandpa died they that oh that's how he got that that's how he got a car and then uh, he had to sell it so then he didn't have a car but that's how he got a car from grandpa when he died and so then uh i was driving and finally, I rode the, I rode the, the truck. Uncle Dub was out there with his truck. He had he was a truck driver, and he had a truck. And I rode back to Texas with him, got my license, and rode back on another truck. But we got that we got that that uh, pickup by the same way by saying it. Now, here it is. It is fifty six, nineteen fifty six, and there we are, pulled into El Monte, California, set up the trailer. We're going to start a meeting at a church. And, I, and so mother fixed the last meal that we had in the house. There wasn't nothing else in that house trailer, nothing. So we ate that. And so dad said, well, we're just going to have to believe God for food. And so we said, we got food. Somebody's going to bring us food. And we said it. Well, I said, well, it'll be all right Saturday night. So I said, oh, that preachers will take us out Sunday at noon you know I'm 16 and my dad said I had hollow legs <laughs> but anyway so now here we are and so they sure enough they did but I figured they'd take us out that night but they didn't now we get home I told dad I'm hungry so he said well you better you better say it so we all we sat down at the table and we said thank God for our food and we say we got food in Jesus name Next morning, we got up for breakfast. We did the same thing. He went off to teach, and Sis and I got our books out, and we started doing our our school work because we'd do that, and then he'd come in, and Mother would fix dinner or lunch. You call it now. You know, we call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, remember back in those days, we called it lunch. And so we'd eat, and then he would give us tests and stuff that we had to do. Well, he came home and we wasn't no food, so we sat at the table and we thanked God for our food and said it. We kept saying it. We'd say it to one another and say it. Whenever you thought about it, we'd say it. Say it. Dad would taught us this. Say it. And so now we studied that afternoon. Now that's Monday. Tuesday we did the same thing. We sat around that table and joined hands and we said it. And I said it every time. I must have said it a hundred times a day because <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, that's, t- that's Tuesday. Wednesday morning, we got up and we said the same thing. Now we come home, we said the same thing Wednesday at noon. Now, after he would help us with our schoolwork stuff, giving us tests and stuff that we had to do, 
then he would go rest and get ready. Well, he had gone back and laid down, and I heard, I'm sitting there, I think I was reading, and I'm sitting there in the living room of the trailer, and my sister was up in her room in the front room. And uh, so I heard, a tr- I heard a car stop, and I looked out the window, and there was a pickup, and the back of that pickup was crammed, you know, with the paper sacks. Remember the paper sacks? I mean, it was crammed. The sacks were full and running over, and, and they were just crammed on top of one another. And I could see it was food. And I went down and said, Dad, the truck just stopped out there, and they got food. Well, <laughs> this guy knocked on the door, and he said, Brother Hagan, ever since Sunday, the Lord been dealing with me to bring you groceries. But I knew you didn't need them. But today it got so bad I couldn't stand it. So here, here's a, here's a truckload of groceries. And my dad didn't say anything. He said, well, thank you, brother. We really appreciate it. But you never seen a guy unload a truck in so fast in all your life. <laughs> and man, I'm helping mother put stuff in the, in the cupboards. And then I got, I, got, I got a knife and I started peeling potatoes. <laughs> but let me, t- let, me, let me digress here for just a moment. Remember... He said the Lord started dealing with him on Sunday. When did we start confessing? Sunday. Now, I don't, he said, well, I knew you didn't need it. I want to teach you, if God tells you to give somebody something, it doesn't matter whether you think they need it or not. Respond, because you don't know. They, nobody knew that we didn't have any food in that trailer. He said, don't you tell nobody. He said, that's the way he was. You don't, if we live by, if we preach faith, we live by faith. Uh, he, y'all probably heard him say that. Now, so we said it. See, I'm telling you, say it. You got to say it. You can read it all you want to and say, I'm believing, but you got to keep saying it when it don't look like it's going to happen. When it, 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 some of that stuff take a period of months to happen. Me getting my bedroom suit was several months. Him getting a new car was probably over a year. You know, come on now. I want y'all to get a hold of this, but you got to say it. You got to say it. You know, now I'm a, I'm my, between my freshman and, and sophomore year in college, Bible college, sisters married. I'm traveling with them out in, we're out in California. Well, actually, it was in Oregon. And uh, the church was here, and we had our mom and dad had a little 26 and a half foot Terry trailer that they traveled in. I was sleeping on the couch, and they had their bedroom back there. And 100 yards up there was a field, and there was parsonage up there. And so there's a knock on the door one afternoon. Dad was resting. I, I think I was just reading, reading, I think, and studying a little bit. And, uh, of course, see, I'm what, I'm 18, 19 years old. And uh, so uh, he said, uh, your dad's got, a, I went to the door and he said, your dad's got an a, a emergency phone call from his mother. And so I told dad and I went up there with him and I heard him, he got on the phone and he said, mama, 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 settle down, settle down now, mama. What is it? And so then I heard him say, you go tell Sarah Jane she'll live and not die. And I know what Pat's mama said. That's what we all called her, Pat's mama. Instead of grandmother, we called her Pat's mama. That's a long story. Anyway, uh, 
I know what she said because daddy said, no, mama, I didn't pray about it. I said it. And uh, I know she said, well, did you pray about it? He said, no. I said, I can tell you all kinds of people would call and family members called. He would say it and we'd say it. And Sarah Jane was his, his first cousin. That was my, that was his, his, his mother, my, Pat's mom, my grandmother's, her brother's daughter. That was been dad's first cousin. And we would say it and he would keep saying it and he would say it and say it. The thing I want y'all to get a hold of is that y'all heard him talk about faith and talk about believing, but you never heard him talk about saying it the way I'm talking to you about saying, you heard him say, you got to, you got to say it three times as much as you believe it. How many have heard him say that? Well, I'm telling you how we said it and I'm telling you how we got what we got. You know, y'all, many of y'all see us the way we are today. You didn't, you weren't there. You weren't there when I, from the time I was, uh, nine years old till, <laughs> to the present. You, you weren't there all those years, but we said it. You, and, and, and you never face your mountain with your mouth closed. Whatever your obstacle is, you got to keep your mouth open. The mountains will obey the person that says it and believes it in his heart and keeps saying it till he sees it. I got another message I preach sometimes. Say it till you see it. Amen. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Now I want to read this Mark eleven twenty three 23 out of the Johnson paraphrase and I'm going to let y'all go pretty quick. Truly anyone who says, speaks to that mountain yonder and saying, get this. Now here's what I want you to get hold of. Dump yourself in the lake and does not become separated from the statement he makes, that person will actualize his statement. That is the one thing that he would tell us. Don't think, don't think anything else. Even if it doesn't happen, you keep saying it. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, you keep saying it. You keep saying it. You got to learn to speak to the mountain of debt. Speak to the mountain of sickness. Speak to the mountain of a family trouble speak to the mountain of unemployment speak to all of those mountains the mountain of bondage and family trouble and impossibilities you got to speak to it and you got to keep speaking to it let me close with this in the early part of last century the 20th century a man by the name of Mallory led a expedition of climbers to conquer Mount Everest, 29,028 feet above sea level, 8,850 meters if you want to go that direction. It failed. He organized the second and it failed. He organized the third expedition with all of the best mountain climbers that he could put together. And there was an avalanche that killed him and most of the party. And so later on at a banquet was given to honor those that had lost their lives and also the survivors. The the head survivor, the spokesman, was introduced. He arose from his table and he turned his back to the audience and he pointed at Mount Everest and he said, Mount Everest, you defeated us once. You defeated us twice. You defeated us three times, but you will be conquered, Mount Everest. He spoke and looked and spoke 
directly to the mountain. You have to look and speak directly to your mountain, whatever your mountain is. I don't know what your mountain is. How many of you are ready to speak to a mountain? Now, I'm not talking, I realize we, we, most of us got a mountain range. But it said, didn't see speak to the mountain range, the whole range. It said, speak to the mountain. So if you're ready to speak to the mountain, your mountain, I want you to stand up right now. If you're ready to speak to a mountain, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And in the prayer, I'll eventually get to, and I'll, and I'll say, and I speak to you mountain of, and at that time, that's where you're going to have to take over. You're going to have to speak directly, call it out by name, and then continue to thank God for it, okay? Now, I want, I want you to talk loud enough you can hear yourself. So I said, well, I don't want nobody else to hear me. Don't, hey, talk loud enough a devil can hear you. The devil needs to know that you're not afraid to speak to your mountain. Hello? And anyway, if everybody else is speaking, they can't, they, if they're speaking, they can't hear you anyway. Hello? How many of you are ready? You ready to speak to your mountain? You know what mountain you want to speak to? All right? Raise your hand. Say this, Heavenly Father, in your word, you've told us to speak to our mountains to believe in our heart and say with our mouth. I thank you now that the word of God works. So I come speaking and mountain of, I speak to you now. Get out of my way and call it by name. Speak to the mountain. Speak to your mountain. Call it by name. Tell it it has to go. That mountain has to go in the name of Jesus. Mountain, you have to go. I've spoken to you, mountain, and I'm speaking to you now. You have to go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, praise God. Praise God. Doesn't matter whether you feel it. Doesn't matter whether you see it. Hallelujah. See, we kept saying it over a period of time. That one time, three days. It seemed like three years to me. (laughs) But other times it would be a year. Other times it was months. Just keep speaking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Every time you think about it, say it. Hello. Praise God. Listen, one of our Raymond grads... Brother Clinton Utterbach, many of you have heard him sing. He's in heaven tonight. But he wrote a little song about speaking to the mountain. We're going to sing it right now. Come on. Oh, I say to the mountain.
of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, bow your heads for just a moment. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.